Hello, and welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast with your amazing host, Anna Gold. We hope you enjoy the conversation and learn something new. We have an amazing show planned for you today, and who knows, we might play a game or two. Ladies and gentlemen, without further delay, here she is, the amazing Anna Gold. So tell us um, where you come from. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Nebraska, Lincoln. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, I went, you know, uh, uh, went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln there. And it's funny, I, I, I put my degree in civil engineering there on, on my list of accomplishments that you asked for. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's funny because, you know, I, you go, I, I went all the way through that degree only to find out at the end of it that, like, I was not built to be a civil engineer, you know. So yeah, I uh, came to Chicago shortly, shortly thereafter to uh, switch careers in, in, into filmmaking. Oh, that's nice. Um, how long did that take for you to realize, like, oh, hey, man, I'm not meant for this. I'm creative. We grew up on the struggle bus, you know. Like we didn't have any anything growing up, and, and money wise, and you know. It's one of those like country songs, you know. You have plenty of love, but just no money and stuff. So there's a very strict rule in our house, especially once Clinton got in the in the White House and, and Pell Grants and all these things sort of became available. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you were going to student loan up and you were going to get a degree that mattered. So I, I, I selected my 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 pers- my academic pursuit literally by flipping through the the book and looking at starting wages for degrees and engineering was the highest. So I, I did that, but I remember. As a teenager, my big dream was to, I really wanted to be like Ian Wright from Lonely Planet. I wanted to do a travel show, and so I kind of tried to teach myself filmmaking, and I didn't even know what filmmaking was and stuff like that, but then meanwhile, I'm, you know, going into engineering, and it's really funny because your question was how long it took me to kind of get there. Well, Uh I I didn't want to go back to college, so I basically taught myself filmmaking, and I used all the learnings I learned from engineering in terms of that sort of analytical process of figuring things out, reading in books, mm-hmm. practicing, trying uh, to eventually learn filmmaking. So it took a long time. <laughs> well, I mean, it took me two years of just working. I mean, it took me uh, like a, a year to even find out that Mandy.com and Craigslist even existed so that I could volu- start volunteering on short films and then two years of volunteering on short films before I, like, before I finally fell in with people who could you know, hire me as a PA. Oh, that's awesome. It, so you worked your way up. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. So what, and, oh, oh, uh, what did you do after that? Like when you were a PA, you were green and you were new and the industry was exciting. Like how did you move up from there? Yeah, so I always, when I, when I decided to become a filmmaker, I got, yeah, I got, my brother, who had started a business uh, of his own, kind of took a chance on me and, and decided he would invest in me and buy me a camera. So I got my first camera, and so I was out there trying to like film stuff, and I quickly learned that film's collaborative and you need a team. You can't hold the camera and the mic and the thing, and the, you know, so you need a team. So that's why I started volunteering in film to meet people and really learn. So I would go like on these sets, student films and anything I could get my hands on, oh, nice. and I would kind of do my best to, like, I don't know, work harder than even the people that were making the film (laughs) and then also try to have a little bit of you know you don't like I don't want to come off kind of as a crazy person so like you know I work really hard and then try to be as normal as possible um and I remember one time this this overnight film came 
to take the, the plastic tables, the folding tables away for their, their lunch setup. And uh, it was a daytime film. And the night, a different film crew that was shooting overnights came and took some equipment and stuff and said, I said, hey, what do you guys film? And they go, well, it's, you know, it's a short film overnight. And I said, can I come work with you guys tonight? And he <laughs> said, well, you just worked all day. And I was like, well, I know, but like, <laughs> let's, you know, let's, 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 he goes, okay, well, if you want to. So then I ended up working all night for free just because I met that guy who came on there for free. Anyway. That's um, awesome. That's good work. Like, good work ethic. You know, and uh, back to the original question, though, like the original premise was just sort of, you know, to meet people and um, kind of like begin to gain that sort of credibility because I knew at some point I was going to sock everyone for a favor to come work on my film. You know, it's uh, like the favor economy when yes. you're first starting out, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yes, it really is. Like, like, for example, I had my latest real cut by Regina Hoyles, whose movie I worked on as a PA in 2019. So it was kind of like, oh, that's a good favor. I'll work for you for two days, and if you could maybe make me a new reel. So I know what you, right. mean, I know what you mean by that. And yeah. speaking of which, you worked with our last guest, Mike Garrity. Tell us what you've done with him and like what your projects are and how they're related. Okay, so that's like, you know, fast forward all the way to present day, mm-hmm. and I'm lucky enough to work with the amazing Mike Garrity. I he mean, is he's amazing. Just, he's incredible. Um, oh, so I met Mike um, through a, uh, we, we have a common Star Trek interest, and <laughs> I knew him uh, on a text thread about Star Trek before I ever knew who he was, and he was <laughs> a bartender at the old I.O., rest oh. in peace. And, I know, R.I.P. Um, for real. That was good. That was <laughs> yeah. an amazing place and uh, i went to a birthday party for uh kind of in, you know a bunch of actors were there and stuff like that and he me and him got introduced hey you're the star trek guys and so hey nice to meet you this that the other found out as a filmmaker found out that i um was in post-production for my feature documentary poser where i lived the life of a bodybuilder for 100 days awesome uh, just to see what would happen to my body and mind and all that stuff and mind you i'm like a 40 year old dad bod out of shape I'm the last guy who's going to step on a bodybuilding stage, but that's the premise of the film. And when I showed him my before and after photos of what I did to my, well, I say I, but I had a world-class coach helping me, Mm -hmm. um, or guiding me. Um, he was, he was so, he couldn't believe it. (laughs) And then that really just sparked our relationship. And Mike's kind of a bro. He's a big muscle dude. And he's one of the funniest guys ever and he's a great writer great work ethic oh awesome and basically yeah and basically i told him i said well there's an opportunity um because you know the film's getting done and we're kind of trying to build uh, a fitness brand and an app to sort of help people do what i did in the documentary would you be willing to chat with that about that so long story long is eventually you know we started working on a web series called brose uh-huh. Just the log line is like a, a couple of bros drinking rosé and talking fitness. So this world-class <laughs> strength coach uh, that put me through Poser um, and Mike sit across from the table from each other and get tipsy, and Mike and him talk about fitness in a comedic way. So oh, that's how that's what I've worked on with Mike. Oh, that's awesome. So the guy in Rosé was your coach for your project. That's awesome. Correct. Yeah, Dustin. He's the he's like he's he's a phenom in the reason I made the feature documentary really. I mean, me and Dustin, his name's Dustin Nelson, Dr. Dustin Nelson. I I was friends with him 
for a long time because coming up as a filmmaker, you know, flashing back to that as a PA, I, I was also trying to like hustle anything I could do with my camera and any excuse to rent lights, any excuse to like make something. Mm -hmm. I was bartending at the time and PAing, and he sat at my bar and we got to talking about fitness. He's like, "Hey, I want to make a set of DVDs of fitness stuff." Blah blah. And he had a little bit of a budget, so oh, we, nice. we worked on a series of fitness videos for Dustin, and that's how I got to know Dustin. Oh, that's and this is like 2004 or something. Oh, so that's quite a while ago, and you like stayed friends and um worked on something recently tell us about working with jk simmons you directed jk simmons yeah, well can you really direct jk simmons but well, um exactly but you <laughs> you did a lot i'm sure it was it, my technical that was my job title for the day which yeah. is uh, yeah so I, i'm kind of i'm kind of nda'd up on it so i can't really talk about the specifics but it was a job for hire here in chicago uh -huh. and um he came out and just did us a massive favor and did kind of a, a three-minute scene in this project that we were doing and he came out and i was the director and i wrote it to co-wrote it as well oh, so cool. he came <laughs> he came out i couldn't i it was one of those things where i wouldn't believe it till i saw it uh -huh. that that we had gotten jk simmons to come out that is so awesome. there he was just walking yeah. on to set and yeah. i had this just a rock in my stomach and i was like okay well don't be so scared that you freeze up <laughs> and you know be okay having an opinion um but also you know just again what can you really do other than would you like another take mr simmons <laughs> <laughs> oh that's nice that's great good for you like way to go i mean i'm proud i read your list of credits on imdb if anyone who's listening wants to check him out this is kenneth yoder on imdb.com and, um, uh, but on with the interview. So I'm reading some of your, uh, statistics that you sent me and you said that you almost got fired on a set by a director <laughs> because you washed dishes wrong. How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm so scared of NDAs. I'd love to like tell these amazing stories. Oh no, it's okay. Get... Don't worry. Just I mean, okay. give us a gist of it. But you're... Here's what I'll say. Okay. He's a legendary director, uh -huh. and I can say some of the cast, you know, that were in the movie, you know, I mean, it's like a Johnny Depp, Christian Bale, Marion Cotillard, like, oh. it's it's a major, major movie, and he's a major, major director, right? Uh -huh. I think I can and, guess. Well, you know, whether or not you put it together, you put it together. All right, um, okay. okay. <laughs> but, so, I, I was... Um, uh, APOC, assistant production coordinator on that movie. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of my first job where I'm like finally starting to make a little bit of money. And oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I was really up my own, uh, up my own butt, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> kind of in my own ego about it. Cause I was working hard and I was putting in the hours and mm -hmm. anyway, so I was kind of grandstanding. There's a bunch of PAs that I was trying to really encourage to stay on top of everything and, you know, really have a buttoned up production office. Mm -hmm. And so I, I martyr myself, and I, I step up to the little kitchen sink. Mind you, the director has his own wing up the hall, and he's got a dishwasher. He's got everything he needs, oh, and he yeah. never comes into the production office. I mean, just it's just down the hall, but he never makes his way down to us. And I'm sitting there, and I stand up, and I start. There's a, two or three coffee cups in the sink, so I want to make sure everyone sees me washing these coffee cups. <laughs> and so I'm making a big scene out of it, and I'm scrubbing them out with a sponge uh -huh. and washing them off. And as I'm doing that, uh -oh. He walks out, and he's looking over his glasses at me, and he just stares at me. Oh, no. And then walks away. Uh-oh. So then 
I turn around to you know, all the PAs, and I'm grandstanding. I said, see, now here's what's up. You take the initiative. Next thing you know, so-and-so looks right at you. He looks right at me, guys. Like, I'm thinking it's a good thing that I got recognized by this, you know, legend of filmmaking. Uh, yeah. Then I go back to my, who's the poor son of a gun who was washing dishes? Oh, I go, what? No. She goes, "Hun, I just, I was just up in so-and-so's office talking to him off the ledge. He said, if this guy's so damn dumb that he's going to wash dishes with a sponge, you know how many bacteria are on a sponge? He doesn't deserve <laughs> being a production officer. This guy doesn't understand basic microbiology. Hunt, you got to stop washing dishes. You can't just be washing. you got to be washing in the dishwasher up there. And as she kind of gets done taking me down a notch, the uh, producer comes out. And, <laughs> and then he and then he goes, hey, um, was anyone here washing dishes? Oh, no. What? <laughs> Does this... then I got, take, I got oh, taken no. it down again. But well, just so you know, I got <gasps> use the dishwasher because I had to talk so and so away from firing Kenneth here. A, <laughs> I, I assured him Kenneth's not not a dumb guy, but he just made a mistake. So no more mistakes, guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> wow, it sounds like so and so had nothing better to do, or maybe he's yeah. meticulous or whatnot, but. We know that it was a good movie overall, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but I didn't say names. I don't know. Oh, it was you, a, you know it, what? You didn't, and I'm sure he still loves you and remembers you, and um, maybe he's even listening to us on a boat in Avalon Harbor. You never know. That, I hope so. I, that yacht out there that's kind of purple and uh, has a, like a blue trim on it, that could be him. I bet that's him. Could, could be him. <laughs> so or tell, her. Oh, or her. Yeah, that's right. Sure. That's <laughs> um, so tell us about your first... Oh, you're, by the way, Kenneth Yoder is also an actor. And tell us about your first speaking role on a TV show. Right. Okay, well, man, this, this radio interview is fun. I get to talk about myself for... Um, no. Uh, you know so. what? If you don't want to, I'm just trying to make you look big and awesome and super cool because you are... Oh, you're you're doing such a good job of it. No, I was thank trying. You. That was kind of like a weird compliment I was oh. trying to get. I was like, "Man, thank you for making me feel so good about myself." Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Um, That's so true. So filmmakers would tend to pull their friends in and just say, "Hey, hop up there and do a scene." So I kind of got all this experience just being in films and stuff, and oh. cool. Let's work it out. Kind of got the bug, and then eventually, I kind of got it. Got it in my head that I'd kind of set a goal to, um, you know, get a get an agent do the you know go on the auditions do 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 all the stuff and i was interested in it and then eventually um got got a nice audition for 61st street um it's a amc show season two Mm -hmm. so season two episode one i'm with us i'm in a scene with courtney b vance and he looks at me and says something which and i look right at him and i (laughs) say two words right back at him so nice (laughs) Can, yeah, good job, you. Where can we find this? Like, where's um? It's which season is it? Season two, episode one, uh-huh. AMC Network. I believe it's going to be so. Awesome. Uh, whenever that comes out, at some point soon. Uh, oh, so it's yet to be released. Like it'll. Be- oh yeah, this is brand new for me. Wow, so. good. Yeah, job. cool. I, Booked some commercials and things like that, so get uh, you know gotten a little bit of momentum on that. You know, no, you know, being comfortable auditioning, and it's such a whole different learning curve being on the other side of the camera i bet it and is. it's i mean the whole generally originally the premise was trying to just get better at the craft of filmmaking and my sort of way in is to learn every little detail that i can of everyone's experience so i 
I enjoy oh, speaking with smart. department heads, actors, everybody. I like to kind of, I don't know, step into everybody's point of view just to see how they tell stories with the tools and the gifts that they have. So that, that, that's also part of the, the appeal for me is, is getting in there from the actor point of view. And let me tell you, I have learned so much about what an actor needs and doesn't need from a director. Let me tell you. That, that you have. And that's awesome for you because now the next time that you're directing and you work with an actor who might be having a problem memorizing the script or whatnot, I, I bet that you can gauge a lot better how to help that person, right? Yeah, you know, you know, everyone kind of says, you know, casting is 90% of it. And that's true, finding the right artist. Um, and then learning how to trust that artist and learning how to communicate with the actor in a way that the actor can actually use. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been kind of, I've been kind of going down the Meisner rabbit hole lately in terms oh, of like pra- practice and learning and things like that. And kind of without trying to be too pretentious about it, <laughs> what I've kind of noticed is that a lot of, I guess I'll say commercial directors, because as an actor, I've done more commercials, obviously, than television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my one television role. But it, That's really good still, that you're doing commercials and getting out there. And I mean, I've auditioned for some out here, and uh, I got a callback, but you're, like, doing it. That's, that's awesome. Sorry, go ahead. Man, well, congrats <laughs> on your callback. Thank you. It was for awesome. a commercial that might air... Uh, am I supposed to say this? Let me think about it. Yes. It's a Fidelity commercial that's going to air during the Chicago Bulls like season. And I was proud. I'm like, wait, I'm from Chicago. And there's like a Chicago audition out here. That's awesome. So oh. I'm, yeah, so I was super, super stoked about the Chicago thing. And anyway, go ahead. You were talk- talking about your, your commercial experience, um, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is is trying to learn really just what an actor needs and 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 at some point the actor you know boy this is going to sound this is going to sound like a lot and i don't mean it to but sometimes i don't man i don't it's america yeah i think there's like a i i guess i think there's a lot of directors out there that i've personally worked with i'm only speaking from my experience Mm -hmm. that they they sort of they don't necessarily know how to trust actors. Why not? To, Why do you think uh, that, that is? It, it's almost like maybe it's some level of control, or it's not a derogatory thing. It's almost like there's a there's a disconnect somehow between the communication between what production needs in terms of hitting your block, hitting your mark, turning mm-hmm. just right, knowing your technicals, having your continuity right, and then going. I think most uh, many directors I've seen kind of have it limited to that and then from oh. there it becomes like oh well you hit your mark you did your eye line that was really good uh-huh. then it becomes kind of an energy up energy down game let's go bigger energy let's go small energy let's you watch your diction it, it oh. becomes like that so are, they, are an, they not thinking ahead. sorry um are they not thinking of it from an artistic point of view i guess i always thought that a director was an artiste you know with a vision and <laughs> well yeah some are and uh-huh. i've seen that too i've seen really tremendous directors work um uh but you know in my experience most of the world isn't there most of the world is kind of at that craftsmanship level where we're hitting our mark we're doing our eyeline we're dialing up energy we're dialing down energy uh-huh. we're kind of getting the words out the way that they hear them in their head uh-huh. whereas you know, from, from what I would like to think is that 
actors really is about acting on your impulses. Yes. M- moving is. on your impulses immediately, mm-hmm. not waiting. Using and then simply yeah. help, helping the actor, if there's a misunderstanding, helping them understand. And once, oh. once the light bulb goes off in the actor's mind, you're game on um, if you've got the right actor. That's all I mean. Oh. If that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. So tell us about Recovering Bro. This is the thing we haven't discussed yet. That's your major now project, right, that you're working on? <laughs> yeah, for Do sure. Do tell. Okay. So um, doing the, 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 the feature documentary where I live like a bodybuilder, I... I, I, Which I, is awesome, by the way. I can't believe you did that. Like, that's a <laughs> bold move. Like, I'm going to go 100 days without sweets. I'm imagining that's what it is. I, uh, I, I mean, know. 100 days, not only without sugar, but wow. I was eating three pounds of meat per day, oh. you know, six meals a day, Whoa, lifting twice like... a day, cardio twice a day, you know, like just, it was, I, I got my bot, full body wax. <laughs> what? You did? Did it hurt? <laughs> oh, I'm a hairy guy. Uh, and <laughs> okay. yeah, I got my entire body wax. So it hurt. Traumatic, yeah. Um, How long did it take to heal? <laughs> well, I don't want to gross out your audience, but I mean, I have sensitive skin, so like I got millions of tiny blisters. Oh, and no. It took a couple solid days to really smooth out. I can imagine. Um, I probably could have shaved, but like I found out that after I waxed. Uh, my coach has a little sense of humor. So, oh, um, and he does. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dustin, but, you're a bad man. Yeah, he made me wax. Um, <laughs> good scene, though. Um, I but I, you know, I, my body completely changed, and that that was dramatic. Um, but really, it was uh, the big theme of it is about shame and mm-hmm. and fear and th- that toxic inner voice that that oh. many of us live with and confronting it. Um, and so, ultimately, you know, you're doing this thing your body doesn't want to do, mm-hmm. and as you're going through it you know, as you're depleting your body and pushing your body and going really hard into your body, you also go really hard into your mind. And if you have some of that toxic self-talk, like, you know, imposter syndrome or you're, what are you even doing this for? You're Uh such a loser. You know, just some of these really, your brain can be pretty nasty to yourself. And um, ultimately the story is about confronting or not even confronting, learning to sort of walk with your gremlin demon oh. um taking the fear not just fighting the fear but actually taking the fear on the journey with you um oh. so just getting so what, getting over it basically right well getting comfortable with it in the room with you oh. getting comfortable with fear always with you and as opposed to trying to shoot away i i well, sweep it under i don't want to make any big proclamations for anyone else but for me I know that a lot of my shame comes from trying to pretend I'm not scared or trying to pretend that I'm stronger than I am or whatever. So if I just sort of, you know, admit to me, myself, and everyone around me in an authentic way that, you know, I have fear and uh, I'm not perfect and that I don't belong and that I don't have all the tools and that I don't, that I, I don't get it right more of the time. And if I just sort of lean into the idea that I'm going to fail often, then for me, that diffuses shame for me and makes that inner voice sort of diffuse. Oh, that's nice. So it's okay yeah. to not be okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's actually not only just okay, I think it's the path to kind of getting to know your major portions of your personality. So for me, oh, yeah. going through this process, I thought my personality was pretty well set. I'm 
you know, I was 40 years old when I did this. Mm -hmm. So I thought my personality was pretty sealed up and it was, Mm -hmm. the needle was pointing toward cranky (laughs) cantankerous. And when I was done with it, my, my, my bandwidth just as a human being had literally expanded. And that was the biggest shocking factor. Not only did I have like, you know, abs and a six pack, I had the lower abs. You know how hard it is to get the lower abs? Because, you know, not many people have them. I'm living in California where, People are fit primarily, but I even out here, I seldom see that. Like, I feel like <laughs> this summer in Avalon, I might have seen three dudes. Three. Yeah, yeah. some people have them genetically, but boy. Uh, uh, you got them. Four- that's hard work. Like, Well, 40-year-old man who's a Chicago eater and a Chicago <laughs> drinker. Oh, yeah, that's um, something. But- the beer there is great. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the original recovering bro question was, it was always a dream of mine to be able to release a film and... I, I I hope that it's a motivational sort of film, but also a mm-hmm. truth-telling film. And if somebody does watch it and say, oh, you know, I would like to make some changes for myself, too, I wanted to be able to give them the tools to do that themselves. So the big dream was with Dustin, The again, Dustin is a singular voice in the fitness industry, which I know is a big, big statement, but it's the mm-hmm. absolute truth. He's a doctor of Chinese medicine. Oh. He's been mentored by like Charles Poliquin, like some of the best people in the game. And I, my dream was to make like uh, an app that could take someone from a beginner to meeting their goals. And so we wanted to also pack it with a a, a supplement line and these things. So basically the pandemic came along. Mm -hmm. I mean, for all the terror that it has wrought on America and the world. Yeah. Um, it did afford me and Dustin and Mike Garrity. Uh-huh. Um, and and I, we have a, another team. We have uh, a, an amazing artist, Eric Lee. We got a couple other people involved on the technology side and the, and the financial side to really come together and use this pandemic to pivot and really make this product a reality. And so that's oh, what we've been awesome. doing for a year and a half. So this Recovering Bro is uh, a fitness brand on oh. a mission to sort of um, rescue the world from toxic fitness culture, I think is the best way to put it. Let, you know, deprogramming, deprogramming shame uh-huh. and male toxicity and, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what we're about. Oh, great. That's a great message. So to get people healthy in a good way, in like a calm, positive way, not a crazy psycho way, right? Absolutely right. We definitely use humor as our sort of foot in the door toward that. So oh. we don't take ourselves too seriously. And that's where Mike Garrity comes in as a bro, <laughs> hilarious writer. Yes. Um, and that's where Brose, the web series, is, you know, we're, we're kind of, anyway, we're, it's all kind of combined. Yeah. If you ever need someone to wear like your t-shirts or be a promo model, I would love some like 1970s-ish gear, you know, like the sweatbands they used to wear. If that said oh. recovering bro, I would so wear it and just jog around Avalon and everyone would be like, what's recovering bro? And then I'll be like, you got to <laughs> check it out, dudes. Like they have an Instagram page and everything, man. It's the bomb. Yeah, well, I've got you covered. I'm yes. going to send you some swag for oh, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank and, you for letting me talk about it. I'm oh. excited for the world to, we're, we're, we're finally kind of in that, we're doing a soft launch in September, stores live, recoveringbro.com, and right. download the app on Apple Store or uh, Google Play. It's live. It's ready to go. It's free. The app's free. There's programs to show you how to work out and how to get fit and how to do what I did, basically. Oh, recovering bro. Awesome. And that's great. And where would you like people to reach out to you? If there's someone listening now that's like, oh, man, this guy's great. I need a director for this commercial. Where would he find you? 
Uh, well, I tell you what, mm-hmm. my you know, I guess maybe my Instagram is Yoderific, like Y O D E R I F F I C. So mm-hmm. that's my handle. Just hit me a D, you know, give me a DM or whatever. But I'm also on a roster at Curiosity Productions, spelled with a Q instead of a C. Oh. That's our, my Midwest representation. So feel free to holler at them if you want to, you know, see what's going on or get me a get me get me to uh, head up one of your creative ventures. I'm be super down. Nice. Ah, oh, thanks, Kenneth. And now, would you like to play some Cohen Brothers trivia? Ooh, ooh. Oh my goodness! Uh-uh. I, let me tell you what. I'm ooh, ooh. the worst at uh-uh. trivia because I always like I. Well, let's just try to play. I'm okay. gonna say I'm the worst at this though because my powers of recall are absolute garbage. But let's go for it. Oh, let's, you know, let's go for it. <laughs> they are multiple choice, so you might okay. get one right. Okay. What is the first movie that the Cohen brothers wrote? Is it Blood Simple, Barton Fink, Raising Arizona, or Dark Man? Wrote is the question in there. So Blood Simple, obviously, that's the first one they directed and wrote. Mm-hmm. But did they write a movie before that? I don't know. Hmm. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say they didn't. I'm gonna say it's Blood Simple. All right, let's check it. Let's see what it says. Oh, well, okay. I'm going to go through the list and see. Um, it turned orange. I don't know if that means it's right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe you have to add them up at the end. Hold on. Okay. Uh, which one of the following movies did the Coen brothers write but Sam Raimi directed? Was it A Simple Plan, Dark Man, Crime Wave, or Evil Dead? was written by the Coen well, brothers but here's, Sam here's what, here's what makes me think it's Dark Man because I just don't know if Sam Raimi was involved with Dark Man at all mm-hmm. but then the Dark Man writing question from before maybe is a hint so I'm going to say Dark Man just because now I probably got question one wrong okay we'll <laughs> see at the end what happens oh right which movie soundtrack has sold more than 5 million copies was it Raising Arizona Fargo Oh, brother, where out? I can't say the sentence correctly. Oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> or the Big Lebowski, Raising Arizona, Fargo. Oh, oh, brother, where out? Why can't I say that? Where <laughs> art thou? <laughs> or the Big Lebowski sold more than five million copies. We're going, oh, brother, where art thou? Yes. Yeah, Boy, I, I listen to it all the time. It's one of my favorite soundtracks. I love that soundtrack. That was a good soundtrack. I remember my brother and I loved that growing up, just like we would play it over and over again. Um, which director was the cinematographer on Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, and Miller's Crossing? Was it Ridley Scott, Barry Son- Sonnenfield, Spike Jones, or Paul Thomas Anderson? Which director was the cinematographer? Mm-hmm. Apparently. On Blood Whoa. Simple, Raising Arizona, and Miller's Crossing. Wow. Can you say the names, please? Oh, sure. Um, they are Ridley Scott, Barry Sonnenfield, Spike Jones, and Paul Thomas Anderson. Boy. Well, now I'm just going to say Ridley Scott-like <laughs> thing is, is I have to... I got to have my eggs in that basket at this point. Okay. Yes. And um, let's see here. All right. Oh, I think you get this at the end. It tells you which ones are right. So, which movie is about the kidnapping of a baby? Is it The Hud Sucker Proxy, 
Blood Simple, Barton Fink, or Raising Arizona? That's going to be Raising Arizona. I think you're right. We'll <laughs> see you at the end. For those of you just t- tuning in, this is The Golden Hour, and I'm interviewing Kenneth Yoder. We are doing a Coen Brothers movie quiz, so tune in and uh, see how many answers we got right. I don't, know right. The, I don't know these answers either, but they're coming up. Okay, number six <laughs> in the trivia questions is, the Coen brothers do most of the editing on their movies. What is the name that they usually use for editing credits? Is it <laughs> Roderick James, R.O.C. Sandstorm, Pete Perkinson, or Roderick James? <laughs> That's funny. Oh. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I don't know this one either, but I think for some reason the name Broderick James makes me laugh. I'm not sure why. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it's, there's two Brodericks and it's, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the second Broderick. Okay. Is that the Broderick James? Yeah. Broderick James. Okay. Yes. Um, by the way, I just noticed that there are 20 of these questions and we're like partially through. Are you okay with like doing all these to see which answers are right? If if you're in, I'm in. I'm in. I said we go all the way here. All right, I'm all in. Um, Which of the following frequently cast actresses has Joel Cohen been married to? I think you know this. Frances McDormand, Marsha Gay Harden, Holly Hunter, or Jennifer Jason Lee? Holly Hunter. All right. Why not? I don't know. Um, I don't know. My guess is... um, Let's see here. We'll see. Um, which movie is about American gangsters? Is it Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink, Blood Simple, or Crime Wave? Well, you know, um, uh, so Blood Simple. It's got to be Blood Simple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen all their movies either. I was like, they're, everyone's killing everyone, so everyone's kind of a gangster, but legitimately like mob, mobby vibes, you know, blood simple. Yes, uh, it sounds like it just from the name. Like, um, oh, <laughs> they're all killing. I mean, I don't know what Fargo was on the list, but Fargo. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> no, Fargo. Yeah, had that was kind of gross. One of the scenes. But I know what you mean. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> okay, this one should be easy. The, who played the dude in The Big Lebowski? Was it John Goodman, John Torturo, Jeff Bridges, or Steve Buscemi? Jeff Bridges. Yes, I think you got that right. Well, no. <laughs> I at least got one, I know. Yeah, I'm sure you got more. Let's, yeah. let's, try, let's keep trying. For which film did the Coen brothers win the Palm, the Golden Palm, blah, blah, blah. Why can't I speak? Excuse me. Um... For which film did the Coen brothers win the Golden Palm at the Cannes Film Festival? Was it The Man Who Wasn't There, Fargo, Barton Fink, or Blood Simple? Oh, okay. So you got to think like Man Who Wasn't There, mm-hmm. just silky black and white, amazing. You got to think maybe Khan appreciates that. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Fargo is basically a perfect movie, if that's even a term. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Is is fair to say. Um, boy, roll the dice. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Fargo because it's such a darn good movie. Yes, yes, very very popular. Let's see what that gets us in the end. Okay. Oh, this is a good question. From which college did 
Ethan Cohen graduate? Was it USC, Princeton, NYU, or Michigan State? USC, right? I Boy. think so. The, off the top of oh. my head, that's what I thought. Well, uh, that's what I think. Yes. We'll see pretty soon coming up here. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, we're doing a Cohen Brothers movie quiz with filmmaker Kenneth Yoder out of Chicago, Illinois. Next question is, where were the Cohen Brothers born? Was it Wisconsin, Minnesota, New York, or New Jersey? I don't know. For some reason, I think it's Wisconsin, just off the top of my head, but I might be wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say Minnesota because who would know that deep cut? Oh, Fargo. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's something deep cut about Fargo, maybe that they have like that local knowledge of. Oh. Um, and they definitely feel like they have that Midwest cowboy interest and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which obviously could be Wisconsin too, but I'm going Minnesota. That's it. I'm, Do it. I'm tied to it. Yeah, that's pretty close to the Dakotas, so go for it. And <laughs> from which college did Joel Cohen graduate? Is it mm-hmm. USC, Princeton, Michigan State, or NYU? Boy, did they go to college together? Yeah, I would. Gonna, let's I would. just say they're brothers. They went to college together. They've been filmmaking buddies forever. So USC, let's do it. Okay, let's try it. Okay. And at the end, I'm going to tell you which answers you got right. We can forget the wrong ones as long as we have <laughs> some knowledge. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, which movie featured the Brainerd Police Department? Was it Raising Arizona? Fargo, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, or Miller's Crossing. Which movie featured the Brainerd Police Department? Mm, uh, what was the first one? Raising Arizona. I'm going Raising Arizona. All right. Yeah, Probably that, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it could be a part of it. I haven't seen that movie in years, but uh sounds like that would fit. Okay, we're doing Coen Brothers movie trivia with... Actor, director, awesome, all-around good guy, Kenneth Yoder. I'm Anna Gold. And the next question is, which movie had the tagline, Between Heaven and Hell, There's Always Hollywood? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Barton Fink? The Hudsucker Proxy? Or Blood Simple? Between Heaven and Hell, There's Always Hollywood. Barton Fink, right? I think so. Let's go Barton Fink. All right. Four more questions. Okay, five. The plot for which movie was about a barber who blackmails his wife's boss and lover for money to invest in dry cleaning? <laughs> that's a plot. Jeez, that's that's the man who wasn't there. I'm just going to sort of oh, yeah. lay that one on the line okay, for you. Okay, do it. Yes, you know <laughs> it. That's on the list. Uh, yes, you got it. So let's see. Okay, now which movie of the Coen brothers has references to Homer's Odyssey? Was it Barton Fink, The Man Who Wasn't There, Hud Sucker Proxy, or Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Well, I realized last time I probably robbed your audience of the chance to play along. I'm oh. sorry, everybody, but I just had to go for it. I knew what it was. I think this one's Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes, I think so, too. That came to me, and it makes sense in that movie. Good mm-hmm. job, you, and let's <laughs> see. Well, let's see if we get it right, but uh, which movie featured... John Goodman as a salesman named Charlie Meadows. Was it, oh brother, where art thou? The Big Lebowski, 
Raising Arizona, or Barton Fink? Well, you know, he's, he's a salesman in Old Brother, but they call him Big Dan. He's kind of a preacher selling Bibles, right? Oh, yeah. Or a con man or something, but uh-huh. he's acting like a salesman. Oh, yeah. So, That's right. What are the other options there? We got Big Lebowski. Old Brother, Where Art Thou, Raising Arizona, and Barton Fink. As, I'm just going to say, I'm trying to think of in Raising Arizona. Well, never. I don't think. I don't think yeah, I don't remember yeah. him being in that movie, but I might be yeah. wrong. I just have to go Barton Fink because I can't think of any other. Shit. Yeah, it has to be Barton Fink. Okay. Okay. Let's let's put it. All right. Two more questions. Coen Brothers movie trivia. Which of the following movies did Joel Coen have a bit part in? I didn't really know he had bit parts in his movies. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Was it Bound? Spies Like Us, The American Werewolf in London, that's a funny name, <laughs> or A Simple Plan. Oh, boy. Um, let's just go A Simple Plan. Okay. Let's see about that. One more question. The last question is, what movie had the tagline, Her Life Was in Their Hands, now her toe is in the mail. Ew, that's kind of <laughs> gross. Um, you want a toe? I'll get you a toe. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, let's get a toe. Um, which movie of the Coen brothers had the tagline, Her life was in their hands. Now her toe is in the mail. Was it Fargo, Blood Simple, The Big Lebowski, or Raising Arizona? Big Lebowski, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Ooh, ooh. Okay, submit my answers. Are you ready? Yep. All right, let's see how many you got right. Okay, I'm counting. Out of 20 questions, uh, Kenneth answered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, you got half of them right. Hey, that's awesome. 50-50, huh? Yes, okay. that's right. So the do you want to know the ones that you got right? Or do you want to know the ones that you got wrong and then have the correct answer? Listen, I got a negative mindset, so <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let's, I want to know the ones I got wrong so that I can know what the right answer oh, is. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, so there is, which one of the following movies did the Coen brothers write but that Sam Raimi directed? You're Dark in- Man, I bet, huh? Uh, yes, you answered Dark Man, but the correct answer was Crime Wave. Oh, okay, I would have never known. No worries. Now we know. I didn't know either. Like, it's new to me. Uh, okay, and which director was a cinematographer on Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, and Miller's Crossing? Your answer was Ridley Scott, but the correct answer was Barry Sonnenfeld. Classic. Yeah, well, I didn't know that either. I don't know if I've, I've heard of me. Have I heard of Barry Sonnenfeld? I'm sorry, Barry, if you're out there listening. Really, I'm sure you're a good man, but... Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Barry. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. He he thanks you. <laughs> um, okay, so the next question was, the Coen brothers do most of the editing on their movies. Which is the name that they generally use for editing credits? Uh, your answer, and this was my guess also, actually, was Broderick James. <laughs> but it's, listen to this, though, Kenneth. It's so similar. 
So we answered Broderick James, but the real answer is Roderick Janes. It's so close. It's like, oh. it's like two letters away. I don't even get that's, this. How did they trick us? No, yeah. it's really not. They got us. That's, that's not, uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and which of the following frequently cast actresses has Joel Cohen been married to? Uh, we answered Holly Hunter, but the correct answer was Frances McDormand, and they were married. Darn it. Yeah, I know, right? I, I guess <sighs> I, I could guess that because she was in, you know, how many of their movies was she in? Oh, well, that's another question that I can't, I can't mess with my 50-50. No. I can't risk getting that one don't wrong. Even, but, don't you know. even bother. If you, need, <laughs> if you need to know the fact they were married in 1984, that's what it says here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, so next up is which movie of the Coen brothers is about American gangsters? Your answer was Blood Simple, but the real answer is Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing was about American gangsters. I didn't know that. Well, Blood Simple, I thought there was like that big, uh, the big mahogany boardroom. Maybe I'm thinking of something. It was like the big mahogany gangster boardroom. I must be thinking of a different... Uh, well, I thought... You uh, know, it doesn't matter. You know what? <laughs> this quiz is from funtrivia.com. So if you want to like write to them and be like, hey... Yeah. Actually, you know what, though? There's a button on here, and it says, I see an error. I want to submit a correction. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to research that one and, and see if I need to issue a correction on you, that one. You should. Honestly, like, call them out on it. It's not fair. <laughs> it is uh, entirely possible that I'm thinking of a completely different movie besides Blood Simple. <laughs> it, it is. I, I always remember, like, just the, the headlights on the gravel and the, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the actor's name who plays the, the sheriff bad guy in there, but I remember seeing him in L.A. Oh. at the, uh, gosh, see, I can't ever recall things to say, but it was, okay. it's that theater that used to show, and then they'd have people there to sort of talk about the movie they were in. Oh, was um, it the Egyptian theater? Yeah. Was it the Egyptian, or was it the, something like the silent movie theater, or something oh. like that? I can't remember what it was. It, I can't remember what it is now. Mm -hmm. um, but he, he, he had, like, silver silver pennies he'd give out when he'd meet you and <laughs> he can't have no one up to meet him and say you know such a great job and all this and he gives me a silver penny or whatever uh -huh. <laughs> or, uh, i don't know if it's made of silver but it was like silver color anyway that's, that's cool. one of the worst stories ever because i don't know the name of the guy and i don't know the name of the theater so but, you know <laughs> but it is kind of cool getting a silver penny to be perfectly honest yeah it was like a 19 it was when copper was valuable or something oh. i don't know well you should do you think you could sell it or put it on eBay or something? Uh, I'm sure I, I, well, if I get my credentials with behind it, then I'm sure I can do something <laughs> with it. Yeah, but it was probably like war, like a wartime penny when copper was valuable. Oh. I think, and bronze and all that stuff was that making may... bullets instead. Oh, yeah, they needed to use the metal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so the next question that we were answering on trivia was, for which film did the Coen brothers win the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival? Was oh, it the man who wasn't there? No, actually, oh. it's not. It's um, and don't worry, because only thirty-two percent of players has have answered this question correctly. So <laughs> <laughs> we are one of sixty-eight percent. You know, um, so uh, for which m film did the Coen Brothers win win the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival? Our answer was Fargo. But the correct answer is Barton Fink. It's 
So. Okay. Well, you know, they're all amazing. Yes. It's hard to argue with anybody. It's hard to argue with anything. Really? <laughs> honestly, they are. You have to think like the French think. <laughs> you yeah, know I should have chosen the most European of the, mm-hmm. the, the slightly misunderstandable, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the slightly incomprehensible Coen Brothers movie, which is delightful. I'm not shading a no. masterpiece. <laughs> it's, it's just a little bit eccentric, maybe, or like different from their American versions. I feel Correct. like... I've seen a lot of French movies, and they don't always have happy endings. And sometimes I'm like, what? It doesn't end with a happiness? Like, how is this possible? And I'm like, oh, it's just a different way of thinking. Like, These characters just have to go about the rest of their lives. Yeah. Without resolution. I awesome. know. How will it ever end? <laughs> oh, okay. This is a good question. Okay. From which college did Ethan Cohen graduate from? You answered USC. But the correct answer was Princeton. Um, oh. Yeah. And Smarty pants. I know. And um, strangely, though, his brother did not go to the same school because the other question was, from which college did Joel Cohen graduate? Our answer was USC, but Joel Cohen went to NYU. Oh. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, now we got it. Yeah. Now we know they were East Coast guys. Um, so let's see. Oh, yes. And here is, which movie featured the Brainerd Police Department of the Coen Brothers? Uh, the correct answer is Fargo. Fargo, of course it's Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> and you got the majority of the rest of them right. The only other question was, which of the following movies did Joel Cohen have a bit part in? The correct answer is... Please do the werewolf. Please oh. be the werewolf one. Oh, no, not quite. Oh. The correct answer is Spies Like Us. Oh, yes. what a great movie to have a cameo in. Honestly, what, now, that's a life accomplishment that a person can be proud of. Oh, that's true. Actually, your life is pretty cool, too. I have to admit. Oh. Yes. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Well, this is Anna Gold rounding out the... Actually, it's like been a, a golden hour and a half <laughs> with uh, Kenneth Yoder. I'm interviewing him from Chicago, Illinois, an experienced filmmaker and recovering bro. Um, <laughs> c- tell us, Kenneth, where may we check you out? Like, if we want to see your work, tell us all about it. You know what? I'd mm-hmm. say just go to the. Here's the thing. It's I'm the. I'm the worst at promoting myself. So just go to my Instagram page, okay. uh, Yoderific, Y-O-D-E-R-I-F-F-I-C. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's my page. And, and, and you can see what I'm about there. There's a few samples of my work and stuff like that. Um, maybe I'll put my Vimeo reel in my LinkedIn bio or something like that you if you'd should. like to see my reel. Um, yeah, do it. But the real, the real show is, is the Recovering Bro app. Like, that's the one you really want to, if you have any interest in a free, cool, awesome uh, positive mindset and uh, anti-toxicity fitness brand, recoveringbro.com. Just search for the app on the Apple Store or Google Play, and that, that's the – find me there, man. That's the that's the place to be right now. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you, Kenneth. Um, well, thank you so much for calling in, and I'm going to send you something from Avalon. Uh, you get to decide what it is, but you can send me in an Instagram message if you, if you think you want a magnet, like a – kitschy keychain or something from being on my show i'm happy to send it to you so great and i will return the favor and send you some recovering bro stuff and awesome what a delight thank you so much for making the time and space to have me uh uh chit chat about stuff oh no problem kenneth see you later
All right. Bye, guys. Bye.